Thank you for checking out the River's Edge Church podcast. We believe that no matter where you have come from or what you have come out of, today can be a life-changing day. Church should not be an obligation to endure each week, but rather a place to look forward to, a place where we can come together in community to grow in our lives. So join us today as we expect something good from our amazing God. Well, happy Super Bowl Sunday, everybody. Okay, some of you are excited. Uh, any Rams fans in the house? How many of you are rooting for the Rams today? Yeah, all right, I have to do this. Any Pats fans in the house? Yes, we won't be upset that our teams didn't make it. <clears throat> my team my team never makes it. Yeah. You fall in love with the team when you're a kid. And then they cause you pain the rest of your life. You know, why did I have to fall in love with the Dolphins? Really? Really? Yeah, I hear the groans. I hear them. Yeah. I know, I know, Zach, you and me, man. Like, like the only two Dolphins fans in the whole city, right? Oh, in the world. Thank you. Wow. Okay. Okay, it's going to be one of those kind of days. It's all good. It's all good. Did everybody have time to connect this morning with each other? Wasn't it awesome the hospitality team doing a great job this morning on the food? If you weren't with us this morning, come early. Come early next week. Hang out with us. Build Build a relationship. Take some time and have a conversation with someone. Get to know someone because, you know, there's some amazing people in this body. And if you haven't built a relationship with someone in this body yet, you're missing a great opportunity. You're missing a great opportunity. You know, a few weeks ago, uh, we were talking uh, about Fresh Start as we did the Fresh Start series. And I got to the end of the message that that I was sharing about being planted in God's house. And I shared um, some information about the mighty sequoia. Some of you remember that. And the thing about the sequoia is the sequoia is, is... you know, the red, they debate between the redwood and the sequoia which one is biggest, but they're big. They're big trees. But what's really interesting about them is that they have one of the most shallow root systems there are. And the way that sequoia trees stay standing and make it through storms and the harsh environment that they're in is because their roots go out and they intertwine with each other. And it's the, the strength that they get as their roots are entwined with each other that they lend to each other so that when the storms come, they're able to stand. It's really quite an amazing thing. And it really gave, gave me really the picture for this series. Uh, I was planning on speaking on community, but I really felt like the Lord said, that's it, it's entwined. That's what, we, what I want you to talk about is being entwined. And, and we got to the end of that service, and a beautiful thing happened. And I just want to show everybody that beautiful thing. If we could put that picture up. 
at the end of service that that morning, um, there we go. Everybody locked arms and prayed together. And I just it just blows my mind. But that's what God's doing in this body. He's entwining us together. And so this morning, I'm going to start this series, Entwined. It's really a series all about community. And what's really interesting is that the, the Bible actually gives us some verses that talk about this in a different illustration, but the same thing, about us being a part of one another. And that is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 19. And you can turn there, and as you're turning there, they'll put it up on the skybill. There it is behind me. It says this, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 19, it says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves are free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But God, but now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word this morning. Father, I thank you for this picture of the body and how each of us have a part in that body. Father, I pray that no one would leave here this morning not not realizing that they're significant, that they're an important part of your body. They're an important part of this body. And Father, I pray that through this series that you would entwine our hearts you would entwine our lives, that we would become stronger together than we could ever be individually. And Father, we just thank you for your goodness. And we thank you that today the Rams win. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm going to catch it for that later. Oh, (laughs) The looks, the looks I got. Oh. Uh, uh. Okay, I got to get my mind back together now. After those looks, they, the looks pierced my soul. It was brutal. I love this picture that we're given here in Corinthians that God has placed us all in the body together. And there's several things that I want to draw out this morning, but the first thing I want us to see here this morning is that God never intended us, as we entered into new life with him, 
for us to do that life alone. God does not want us doing life alone. It says in verse 12, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. See, Jesus has brought us together, and really, he wants no one to be alone. You know, God never intended anybody to be a loner. You know, loners, loners are the, loners get crazy, right? I mean, you know, when we, when we hear about some tragic event that happened, a lot of times when the, they do the research and they study what happened that this person did, they find out that they were isolated, they were alone. You, God never intended any of humanity to be, be alone. In fact, he said this in Genesis 2.18. He, he said this, he says, The Lord God said, Is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Can I tell you, if you go and you read Genesis... It says that God makes the earth, and he makes the seas, and he makes the land, and he makes the trees, and he makes the birds, and he scatters the stars and the planets into the sky. He makes the fishes. He makes the grass. And in all of it, he says, it's good. In the whole creation story, the only place that God doesn't say, that it isn't good, it's when he realizes that Adam's alone. And he says, it is not good that Adam be alone. Can I tell you, it is not good that people are alone. And God never intended any of us or any one period to do life alone. It was never part of his plan. Never part of his plan. He wanted us in community. In fact, he created us for community. You know, because we're better in community. You're better with relationships in your life than you are when you don't have relationships in your life. If I'm just completely transparent this morning, I'll tell you that growing up, I really struggled with relationship. I I had a lot of insecurities as a kid growing up. Life wasn't always easy. My, my parents did the best, but, man, we had some difficult seasons in life. And I was a fairly insecure person, and I made one of the mistakes that a lot of young people make, and really a lot of adults do the same thing, is I compared myself to everybody else. And when I sized myself up to everybody else, I felt like I was less than and had nothing to contribute. And so I spent a lot of time without deep relationships. And you know what's funny is I got to college. You know, it's funny. Uh, everybody thinks everything's going to change in college, right? We actually, hi, Megan. I know you're going to see this. Daddy loves you. But, but she gets to college, right? And she was a little frustrated with the immaturity of people in high school. And um, she got to college, and she thought that, you know, in one summer, everything was going to change, <laughs> right? But here she is. She enters freshman year at Idaho, Idaho State, and she's with a whole lot of people that just graduated three months like her. And in those three months, everybody didn't miraculously change, so all the drama 
that she saw in high school that she didn't like, all of a sudden she's experiencing in college. And she's like, this is stupid. (laughs) But see, I went on to college, and I I thought everything would would change, and it didn't. I still struggled in a relationship, except what what started to happen for me is is I, I started to find the crowd that would just accept me, and I wouldn't have to feel like I was better than them. And unfortunately, that was the crowd that liked to drink a lot. I like to smoke a lot of dope, and so I found myself in that environment. And that was my life until my wife came along. And she introduced me to community that loved me as I was. And I'll never forget that for as long as I live. So as we talk about community, it's really personal to me. As your pastor, it's really personal to me because the first time I felt like I actually ever fit and belonged anywhere was when I walked into church. And, and it grieves me because it seems like so many people have the opposite opinion of church these days. The church isn't a place where they belong. It's a place where they're cast out. And, and I honestly believe that this body is called to do something about it that we're called to create community that people fit in, that people feel belong, like they belong in. And I honestly don't want anyone to ever feel alone. And we've all been there. And you know what? That's God's heart. That's Jesus' heart. That no one would be alone. See, God made it very clear in 1 Corinthians 12 that, you know what? <laughs> We're better together. He said, you're part of this beautiful body. And if one of you is missing, the whole body suffers. The whole body suffers. We're all called to it. You know, Proverbs 18.1 tells us that that a, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire and rages against all wise judgment. Man, you know what? When we isolate ourselves, and we've all been there, right? I mean, if we're honest, we've all been there. Like, I want to pull back and I want to isolate myself. The word tells us, another, another translation says it this way, that a person who isolates himself rages against all sound counsel. That you're like, ah, you are literally, you're being stupid. (laughs) See, I believe that God's called this body to create an environment where no matter who someone is, there's a fit for them. That there's a place for them. And I believe that that's the picture that God gives us when he talks about the body, that, that even the part of the body that doesn't seem important, right, that it is important. You know, there's lots of parts of your body that don't get much attention. You know what I'm saying? You just don't pay attention to them. Like, oh, oh, can I be, can I be transparent? Oh, my gosh, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> You're the one that ma- made me think of this. Just <laughs> like, oh, no. 
the other night, um, I plopped my, my feet across Shan's lap and said, said um, oh, rub my arch. And she looked at my big toe and goes, what's this thing? <laughs> I kind of had one of those toenails that needed a little attention, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, I... Can I just say, I, in my opinion, it's one of the worst things in the world to have to clip your toenails, right? I, I mean, I like mine clipped, but to be honest, okay, men in the house, don't hate on me. My wife took me for a pedicure one time. Quite frankly, that's the way I want it done from now on, <laughs> right? Just put my feet up there. You rub my feet. You rub my calves. You clip my toenails, and I don't have to worry about it, um, but that's kind of expensive, so there's times I have to do it myself. But there's parts of our body we don't necessarily pay a lot of attention to, right? And your toes are one of them, right? I mean, if we're honest, your toes really aren't one of them. And you really don't pay attention to your toes until, like, what I did one night, got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, and we had rearranged the bedroom. And so my pattern wasn't the same, and my little baby pinky toe caught the end of the bed, right? Okay, I don't ever think about my pinky toe. But in that moment, you know your pinky toe's there. And you know what? Our toes don't seem very valuable until you don't have them. No, I'm serious. I mean, there are people who have had to have their toes amputated, and they have to learn to walk all over again. Because they do so much in keeping us balanced. And we never think about the fact that those little toes are putting a little pressure on the ground where we move around and we walk and keep us from falling over. Those little boogers are always at work and we don't even realize it. It's true. And the picture that God gives us here is even though there are parts that, you know what, don't seem significant, they're so vital to the body. And I think one of the mistakes that we make in community is we think that we're not significant. And we have nothing to contribute to the body. But man, things are great until we stub you. And we feel it through the whole body. You know, we think that we're not significant. But then you're not here. And we feel how significant you are. Or you're, you're sick and you're not able to do what you always do on a Sunday. And we feel it. We sense it. The whole body feels it. See, and that's the picture that the Lord gives us here. Is that every one of us, no matter how big we think we are, how insignificant we think we are, we're all equally important. You know, we give, I, I don't know about you, but I, I think about my fingers a lot because I, I, they get chapped, especially this time of year, and I get little cracks and what have you, and, you know, when it gets cold and they hurt, and, you know, you give them a lot of attention. And I'm really good about, you know, nicking, nicking my hands or smacking to get something when I'm working or whatever. And so they get a lot of attention. But 
if your elbow is gone and your arm ends at your elbow, your fingers really don't have much to offer because they're not there, right? And they're not there because the thing that connects them to the body is missing. See, and sometimes we don't think that we're important in the body, but you're the part that connects the fingers or the hand or the toes. And those people that are the fingers or the toes or the hand or the heel, they don't have the life of Jesus flowing into them like they could because you're not in the body. See, this is an incredible picture that God gives us of how we're all important. We're all an important, vital part of the body, that none of us are more important. And yes, some of us may have roles that seem more important. But you know what? Without the rest of the body, it, it doesn't matter. Amen? second thing I want you to see is found in verse 13. It says, For... By one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and all have been made to drink into one spirit. The the thing that this draws out for us is this, is that despite our differences, we've all been placed in the body. Despite our differences, we've all been placed in the body. The the Jews were placed in the body, and the Greeks were placed in the body. Slaves were put in the body. Free were placed in the body. Really Really, what this shows me is that the church is an example to the world of what unity really looks like. Because if you look around this room, we have people in their 80s. We have people in their 70s. We have people in their 60s. We have people in their 50s, in their 40s, in their 30s, in their 20s. And we have teenagers in here. And yet we are all gathered together. Can I tell you, is there any place on the planet that a teenager and an 80-year-old are in the same room together unless it's grandma and grandpa's house? It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. You know what? We have professionals in here. We have tradespeople in here. We have college grads. We have college students. We have college dropouts. True. We have business owners. We have students. There may even be a felon or two. I'm not pointing any fingers. I have friends that are felons. I have friends that are felons that are pastors. Uh, Hi, Steve. It's funny, one time I'm having a conversation with Steve. Hey, Steve, do you own any guns? He goes, no, dude, I'm a felon. I can't own guns. It's like, I just forget that. You're a pastor now. It's just. We have tall people. We have short people. We have skinny people. We have chubby people. We have tanned people. We have pale people. We have freckled people. We even have some gingers. I just got daggers again. What's my point? is the body of Christ is this incredibly eclectic, complex mix that God brings together. And despite all of our differences in background and culture and heritage and upbringing and economics, we're all the body. And we are all connected to each other. 
And what's amazing is it's in the context of that that our lives become richer than other people. Because did you know that most people only hang out with people like them? Just go to work, right? The management staff hang out with the management staff, and the, the workers, they, they hang out together, right? There's this, this division. You, know, you go into a hospital, the doctors don't hang out with the nurses. The doctors hang out with the doctors. The nurses hang out with the nurses and talk about the doctors. <laughs> right? And the orderlies talk about all of them. But see, it's only in the church community, in the body of Christ, that the one thing that we have in common is greater than the things that we don't have in common. I love that Tim talked about community today because uh, most people don't realize that is there's, there's really there's three terms that are used for what we call communion. There's the Lord's Supper, there's the Eucharist, which is you hear a lot in Catholicism, and then there's communion. Well, did you know that communion means common unity? And so as we're celebrating communion, we're celebrating the common unity that we have with each other, which is Jesus, and that that common unity is more important than anything else that would unite us or divide us. That's the picture we have. That's the thing that draws us together. And so because of that, we can come together to the benefit of each other, bringing our differences of perspective and culture and wisdom and age and understanding, and we all grow and are strengthened by it because of the differences. In a world that says, you know what, well, you're that, and you're that, and you're that, so you hang with your people, and you hang with your people, and you hang with your people in the church. All those people are the same people. And because of that, we have something richer than the rest of the world. I love it because I can still hang out with teenagers after you've been doing youth ministry for years. I love that. I love that I can hang out with retired people, get a glimpse of what it might look like someday because it's coming faster than I ever thought it would. It's a lot closer now, right? I remember when 50 was old, right? (laughs) Man, 50 feels like I just graduated high school and I'm just getting started, right? Like I just grew up, puberty finally ended, you know? It's true. It's the way it feels. Verse 19. And he says, if they were all one member, where would the body be? God loves our uniqueness. God loves your uniqueness. It's our uniqueness coming together that makes the body. I mean, can can you imagine if humans were noses or eyeballs or fingers or toes or legs, right? It just sounds so bizarre, doesn't it? But that's not what we are, right? We're, we're all those things. 
And sometimes I think that we want to just be noses, right? Or we just want to be eyes or ears or mouths. But God loves our uniqueness. God loves the way that he made you. That's why you are different than everybody else. I mean, God is amazing when you think about it. He makes humanity, and yet we're all different. I mean, I'm standing here looking at you guys. You are all so different. I mean that in a good way, right? But you're all so different. You're all so unique. And God made you that. And God loves that uniqueness that he put in you. And you're never supposed to lose that uniqueness in coming and becoming part of the body. See, sometimes I think that people think church is more about conformity than contribution. Yes, we are to be conformed to one person. That's Jesus. We're to be conformed into his image. But he doesn't say to stop being you in the process. Because he needs you the way that he made you. And and if we get so wrapped up in trying to conform and be just like everybody else so we fit, we actually are making it so none of us fit. All of a sudden, you walk into a church, and everybody's a nose, and it smells. Okay, dad joke. See, God values our uniqueness. He values it. And when he places us in the the body, it's because of that uniqueness that is in us. He knows what he needs to place in the body. And if we come into the body... And then say, I no longer want to be that unique thing. I want to become like them. Then the body then loses. So yes, we're supposed to be united. Yes, we're supposed to come together in one body. But none of us are supposed to give up the things that make us unique. We're different. We're different on purpose. And God loves the different. He loves it. In fact, the uniqueness is critical to the health of the body. Do you realize that there are some people I struggle to connect with? Now, those who know me are going, well, yeah, I know. So not everybody's going to connect with me. But they might connect with you, Right? I might not connect with a guy, but Glenn might connect with a guy. And Glenn might not connect with a guy, but Tim might connect with a guy. And and Tim might not connect with a guy, but that guy might connect with Glenn. Or or Josh, the other Glenn. Yes, there's two Glens over here. Two Glens, but they are not the same. They're unique. Right? Or there might be a young man that connects with Jameis. Right? He created this unique... Because of what he wants to do in the body and through the body. We'll talk about that more next week. But the last thing I want you to see this morning is verse 18. 
verse 18. It says, now God has set the members, each of them, in the body, just as he pleased. God is pleased when he places you in the body. And you know what this tells me? Is that you belong. You belong. So many times, I think we think we don't belong. Can I tell you, there's no other place in this city or in the world where people should belong more than in the church. God's intent was always that the church be a place of belonging. And the picture that he gave us of everything before is that there are different parts, there are different functions. And there are different abilities, and different backgrounds, different histories, and different struggles, and different sins, different places where you have victory over somebody else. But no matter where you're at in your journey with Jesus, whether it started yesterday or you've been journeying with Jesus for 30 or 40 or 50 years, you have a place of belonging. And that's what God wants. He wants a place where all belong. You know what that means? That means that even the seeker who's not even sure they want to follow Jesus has a place to belong. There's a place for them to belong. And I don't know about you, if we could cultivate anything as a church, it would be that this is a place where anybody can belong. No matter who they are, no matter what they've been through, no matter their story, that they'd find a place to belong. Because we all belong in Jesus, don't we? And it's in belonging in Jesus that we're unified and we become part of the body. Jesus is the thing that connects us all together. And I, I really want our church, and I, I believe our church is very much this way, but I want it to become more so. That no matter where someone's from or what their story is. This is a place they can belong. It's a place where they feel safe. It's a place where they're valued for who they are. Because we're all to grow up together. We're all to grow into things together. You know, it says in the, it says in the epistles that the older were to teach the younger. You know what? The older generation is invaluable in our homes. But so is the younger generation. And we're to grow together. The experienced and the unexperienced. So church, would you rally with me? As we go through this month of talking about community and becoming entwined, would you help us build a community where people walk in and they go, I belong. I don't feel like I belong anywhere else. But for some reason, when I 
walk into that church, I feel like I belong. Can I tell you, that's the thing that changed my life. I walked into a church with my wife, and for the first time, I felt like I belonged. And I didn't understand any of it. So different than anything I had experienced growing up. I walked in, and the people made me feel like I belonged. You know what's amazing? Is that belonging kept me, and eventually, because I belonged someplace, God started getting a, a greater hold on me, and I got a revelation of the purpose for my life. And it all started because I walked into a church and felt like I belonged. Can I just say, I don't know everybody in here this morning, but I want you to know, no matter your story, no matter where you've come from, no matter how you look at things, this is a place you can belong. And you do belong right here. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you for checking out today's podcast. If you would like any further information about River's Edge Church, please visit our website at visitriversedge.com or you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Thank you for listening.